Welcome back to Matt's Sport House. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. Let's jump right into action. A lot's been going on in sports. The NFL Combine has been the topic of conversation in most sports circles the past few days. You have guys who've been selected that play college football from all across the country to go to Indianapolis and put their talents on display and uh, with the hopes and dreams of making it to the NFL, which most of these guys have been dreaming of since, I mean, probably since they could walk. Probably, obviously not since they could talk because they didn't really know football, but just for a long time. So let's jump into it. Kyler Murray is one of the guys who uh, was invited, obviously, and he showed up but didn't really throw or run. He really was there just to talk to teams, interviews, get measured, things of that nature. Uh, most teams are, most teams, NFL teams are actually predicting that he's going to go ahead and go in the first, obviously in the first round, though he's a really great talent, but the first pick to the Arizona Cardinals, because I don't know if you all know that, but Cliff Kingsbury, who is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, said back whenever he was just on head, the head coach at Texas Tech, that if he had a first round pick, he'd take him because he's been recruiting this guy since high school, whenever he had, I'm pretty sure he was back at Texas A&M. He really wanted this guy, but now his opportunity to get him and start his own system in Arizona will continue his system, but just at the NFL ranks. So most believe that he's going to go ahead and jump on them. As a matter of fact, a lot of the um, different um, general managers, owners, etc., that were talking at the NFL Combine were like, he's not going to be available at the 10th pick, being Kyler Murray. They just feel like he's already going to be taken. Oh, this is crazy because I don't think a lot of times people realize this, but this guy is already Kyler Murray. I don't want to make sure y'all don't get confused. Kyler Murray has already been drafted in the first round for baseball and then to potentially be up for being the first draft pick in football. That is insane. Like, that's a remarkable athletic career. Like, I feel like 10, 15 years down the line, you look at that, you'll look back at that and be like, how did I do that? I mean, this just speaks to being a remarkable talent. Probably a lot of hard work we know nothing about because that doesn't come easy. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was another guy that participated, a big name, Ohio State quarterback. Um, he's more of your per, prototypical type of NFL quarterback, 6'3 231 pounds. Uh, at Ohio State, he, had, he threw for 4,381 yards and 50 touchdowns last season, which was a Big Ten single-season records. Uh, so, I mean, by no means is he a bad player. I think he's actually going to be a really good player. Hopefully, he goes to the Giants, is a lot, what a lot of experts are predicting. But I am for the new guy, the guy that's different. Kyler Murray's short. He's fast, things of that nature. So I would I would like to see Kyler Murray go first. But some think that Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback prospect in this draft just because he's more so what, you know, what a Peyton Manning or one of those guys would look like. Uh, also, some other guys that did, from really from South Carolina that participated in the combine with college, that played college ball in South Carolina. Hunter Renfro from Clemson. Everybody knows him as the walk-on. The walk-on that did it big at Clemson. Participating in, well, I think it was three national championships at, during his time at Clemson and be, being a key factor in most of them. Um, he ran a 40, in his 40-yard dash, he ran for 4.8, uh, he ran in 4.59 seconds, which isn't great for a receiver, but it's still pretty fast. Uh, Hunter Renfro has elite quickness. Quickness. He did seven reps on the bench press, which is nice. Jumped 35 inches, which is not exactly. Most time they look, they want you jumping 36 inches. But whenever you're Hunter Renfro, you balled out national championships. You can just tell them to cut on the film. Here's something interesting. Uh, his hands are only seven to seven eighth inches. I don't know if y'all are big sports fans. Hopefully you are. But if you're not, I'm explaining it. Usually they want guys like with big hands. It's like a thing, you know, cold weather, inclement weather. They want you to be able to catch the ball. Bigger hands. Usually you can palm it easier. But it just kind of goes to show you a lot of this stuff doesn't matter because there's a lot of guys in at this combine that probably had nine, 
nine and a half inch hands, but like they're not as sure-handed as Hunter Renfro. So I'm hoping that NFL GMs don't get caught up in the numbers as far as like how big everything is. Like that matters and all, but if guys like Hunter Renfro, you just cut on the film and you can see that he's a baller. I think that he's either going to go to the Patriots or the Buccaneers. Uh, Clemson had a receiver named Adam Humphreys that came out about seven, seven years ago. I feel like he could fit the mold. The same type of guy. But Hunter Renfro, I think, might be a little bit uh, quicker, a little more explosive. Definitely had more big plays in his college career. Uh, Dexter Lawrence was also at the, along with Cleveland Farrell and Austin Bryant. Uh, but I'm just going to talk about Dexter here. Dexter was All-American defense tackle at Clemson. Uh, interesting fact, he only ran 0.1 seconds. I think that's a one hundredth of a second. Slower than Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback from Ohio State. In the 40-yard dash. And Dexter Lawrence is 342 pounds. So let that sink in for you right there. You have a guy that's 342 pounds that is running point with one hundredth of a second slower than a quarterback. That means this big guy is, is freakishly talented. Um, He's also an easy first-round draft pick. I mean, you, you look at obviously those numbers are nice as far as uh, how fast he ran and whatnot. But you just cut on the film. He's dominant. Debo Samuel from the University of South Carolina did not disappoint Indianapolis. He ran a 4-5 in the first 40-yard dash and a 4-4-9 with, uh, in the sec- on his second attempt. Steve Smith had a lot of high praise for him, which is always nice because when the legends are, talk nicely about you, usually that, that definitely gives you a boost of confidence. But he's uh, one of the commentators at the uh, combine said something very interesting. They said that Debo Samuel is built like a running back. And I didn't, I never really put my finger on like that being it, but that's 100% accurate. I mean, the guy did 15 reps on the bench press and at the bench press at the combine, in case you don't know, is 225 pounds. You rep it as many times as you possibly can. But Debo, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he weighed 214 pounds. He's just a, a hair under six feet, like 5'11 and three fourths of a pound, if I'm not mistaken. So it just goes to show you, yeah, he's built like a running back. He just has exceptional hands. He's great on kickoff return, all types of special teams. So really a baller. And uh, he's also a Nike guy uh, he posted on Instagram, man. I think it was Twitter, too, that uh, Nike is giving him the endorsement. Uh, Nike's starting to target a lot of guys who may not go as high. I think Debo could be a, potentially between the second and third round prospect. But you never know, because I didn't know if DeAndre Hopkins would go in the first round a couple years back, about seven years back. But I think Debo might be a surprise guy. And they could definitely use him on special teams, obviously receiver. Maybe running some jet sweeps. Um, another guy, I'm sure everybody saw this all over social media, DK Metcalf. I'm pretty sure that's not that's how you say, say his name. Don't quote me on that one. But he was all over Instagram. He's the one that they were like a, a genetic freak. He ran a 4-3-3 in a 40-yard dash. He's 6'3", 228 pounds. That's excellent for a wide receiver. It was reported that his body fat was 1.6%, but according to George Fear, author of Lean Habits for a Lifelong Lifelong Weight, aka an expert, a body fat percentage of below 5% is regarded as a warning sign of poor health, even in elite athletes. So this guy's been training for the combine. So I and where he's training at is, is Exus. It's a like a training place where guys go before the combine to get ready to get in tip-top shape. They would not have had him. In like an unsafe slash, uh, I'm not going to say unnatural, more so like an unsafe condition. So I don't know exactly what his actual body fat was, but if you look at the dude, you can tell you don't have a lot of body fat. He's freak freakish. Not to mention, he did 27 bench press reps, which is insane. 27 bench press reps, once again, at 225 pounds. 
most offensive, not most, but a good amount of offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers did not even do 25 reps. So the fact that you have a wide receiver doing 27 reps, that's that's, that's insane. Um, he is probably about to get a ton of endorsements. I was looking at some endorsement experts on social media, and they were saying, like, if any of you're and all involved with health and wellness of athletes, just regular people, you need to be ringing his agent's phone because he's the prime candidate that you could have representing you. Ole Miss also had another wide receiver that was kind of freakish. Uh, he was actually, I think, more well-known uh, throughout the country, A.J. Brown. So, and they're both really big, really strong, really fast. I think A.J. Brown has a lot more production throughout the season. Uh, so I just think it's something in the water in Oxford, Mississippi, because these receivers are coming out. But it always surprised me that Ole Miss, since Laquan, Laquan Treadwell and those guys came out about three, four years ago, Robert Kimdichie, their their guys that they have are really good and they show off very well at the combine. But it's like, why didn't Ole Miss? Why is Ole Miss not more competitive than SEC West? I know it's a competitive division, but just something to think about. In baseball news, Bryce Harper signed a contract with the Philadelphia Phillies for $330 million over 13 years. This happened a couple days ago. I just wanted to bring it back up. That's a lot of money. Like, I mean, I think you already knew that, but that's really a lot of money. Also, in his like, that's not the max what his contract can be. And also, there is no buyout. If you need to know what a buyout is, just Google it. Um... And it, it also, his contract also has bonus packages. So he's an all-star, golden glove, a silver slugger. He gets an extra $50,000 for each of those. And obviously the guy's really good. So there's a pretty good possibility that he's going to get one, that he's going to get one, if not all three. And there are also other uh, bonuses and things of that nature that he could get. And if he can, as long as he just keeps accomplishing, like this contract can max out a lot more money. Um, The reason I'm telling you all that is, folks, time to sign your kids up for baseball i think we've kind of moved out to different communities different cultures etc but we've kind of moved away everybody wants to play basketball and football which is great and all but sign these kids up for baseball because if your child could put it's like a lottery ticket i mean your child's not a lottery ticket but bear with me if if they have any interest in it whatsoever and they become really good at it this could be your child and i'm not saying do it for your own benefit but it'd be nice if, i'm sure they throw you a couple of dollars if you introduce them to the, the local rec league they make it big something to think about but it's time to start rolling your kids in um local rec league baseball yeah it's time for that day because that's a lot of money and that could be your child uh or your little cousin or your uh, niece i don't care get them a roll Odell Beckham. Okay, so we're going to go back to the Giants because although, like I said, I want the quarterback from Ohio State to go to the Giants, but Odell Beckham obviously plays for the Giants. I've started to notice that the media has gotten into a really bad habit of overanalyzing, thinking, and reacting. I think it's because we have, like, sports media 24-7, so it's like everybody gives their opinion, like what I'm doing right now, to be clear, so, so, you know, I'm not being a hypocrite. But, like, I've heard this narrative that the Giants need to go ahead and trade away Odell Beckham. And I understand they do need offensive line and a couple other things. But is Odell Beckham Jr.? Like, I, I think we forget that sometimes. Like, uh, j- like I hope the GMs aren't getting caught up in this. His teammates love him. He's great. He's box office. He's great for endorsements. A lot of times you'll be sitting there on your couch in, I mean, obviously, hopefully if you like sports. If you hear the Giants are playing and Odell is playing, you know something exciting is going to happen. 
So you'll probably go ahead and turn it to that channel. It's like, I couldn't imagine the Giants that at this day and time, unless Odell does something outrageous, I'm trading them away. Uh, he's super passionate. I understand that. That's why you have to punch another net, all that good stuff. But I'd rather passionate than passive. Uh, also, not to mention Landon Collins cleaned out his locker. So I would hate to lose Odell Beckham and Landon Collins in the same year. And one thing I think that it's like not been talked about enough, Landon Collins is a really great leader and a really good safety coming out of Alabama, so you know he has the right blueprint, I guess you could say. So I, they need to actually be trying to get Landon back. And, you know, I, Odell's under a new deal, so hopefully. But I've just been hearing a couple reports, and I'm just hoping uh, the GM is not seriously considering trading Odell. Odell's great for the organization. I, uh, they like Saquon a lot, too, but don't get it twisted. Odell is box office. Uh, for some basketball, the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, one of my favorite teams, Lost to the Suns this past weekend, and the Suns are horrible. The Phoenix Suns, they're absolutely horrible. They, they don't even know what they're doing over there in Phoenix, and they're beating these Lakers. But one thing starting to come to my attention is the Lakers are a tad bit dysfunctional right now. And it makes sense, because think about it, you had all these young guys who thought they were going to be traded, and now they're sitting on this roster. And they want to be there. And, I mean, they're happy to be playing in L.A., but it's kind of like, bro, y'all didn't even want me anymore. So I, I could definitely understand the problem there. LeBron was out for, I think it was 16 Maybe 16, 18 games, if I'm not mistaken. So it's hard to develop that, that that camaraderie, if that's the word I'm looking for. It's hard for them to mesh whenever guys have been taken out so long and they haven't to be plugged back in. It takes time. And now they are in must-win territory right now because if they lose, they could potentially be out the playoffs anymore because they've been losing so much as of recently. And uh, you know what? One thing that I think is so interesting, now when you listen to the media constantly hear they need Lonzo back on defense. They need Lonzo. Because, but when Lonzo was playing, they were like, oh, we don't need him. He's no good, this, that, and the third. The only person who been riding with Lonzo was LeVar. And it's like now, oh, we need Lonzo back so bad. And I just think that's crazy because whenever Lonzo was playing, they completely thought him as nothing. I mean, I think guys on the team appreciate him and knew what he knew what he brought to the table. But the media and different people and just listening to a lot of different sports analysts, they were like, Lonzo's terrible. But look, now whenever you're down in the dumps, you you realize how valuable his defense was. In other news, Le'Veon Bell is probably heading to New York, but not with the Giants. He'll probably be heading to play for the New York Jets. Uh, most reports believe that this is true. And it makes sense. Maybe a good fit to be very explosive. He's had a whole year off. Spent a lot of time at Florida and like on skis and stuff like that. So I'm sure he's um ski, water skis. Let me make, make that very clear. Uh, so I'm sure he's had plenty of time to almost reheal his body from any nagging injuries or anything of that sort, and he'll be ready to get back into this season. He might actually want to play in a uh, – he'll be getting a new deal. He might actually want to play in a preseason just to, you know, get back in the – not the whole game, but just to get back in the nick of things because he's been out a whole year. And being out in the NFL for a whole year, that's something to adjust to. In other news, Jason Witten, Dallas Cowboy fans should be excited. Jason Witten, it will be returning as a tight end. His contract is somewhere around $5 million. Uh, the leadership that he'll bring to this team will be very valuable as they try to go on a run for the Super Bowl. Like these Cowboys have been doing for oh so long and have not been yet have not yet been able to accomplish. I don't know how Dak Prescott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and those guys feel about this move because 
it's like they thought this was their team and now it's going back to being Jason's team and the offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore if I'm not mistaken and if you, I don't know if you guys are big college football fans like myself Kellen Moore is from Boise State he was an all-time great quarterback at Boise State but anyway he's much younger than Jason Witten so from what I understand it's gonna be something like Jason will be like yo throw me the ball and he's going to, and like, that guy that's probably like 20, I don't know, 27. He's not going to tell Jason Witten, no, Jason Witten's a Hall of Famer. At least I believe so. So I think that's going to be interesting how that works out. He will, though, be a, a security blanket for Dak Prescott. So third and six, he knows him and Jason. I'm sure they're probably already starting to work. That, ooh, I'm sure they are probably already starting to work on their getting back to use the pitching and catching it's getting on the same page so third and six it should be easy first downs until the defense starts to figure it out and if jason can still get open because he has been out for a year in the monday night football booth uh march madness about to get started obviously it's march got got two or three more weeks and we're about to really get it going the big dance is what they call it It is where legends are made i love it i love it i don't really watch so much college basketball throughout the season it's just not the most exciting thing to me sometimes. I mean, every now and again, I can watch Kentucky or so, but I really wish that you played stayed in college basketball for two years or so so I could really get to know the players. And the second year, it's like, oh, man, I got to watch this guy because, see, right now it's like a cycle. Every, every The guy comes in, he's gone, like pretty much how the whole entire Duke start lineup would be this year. Uh, So that's coming up. So that's something to look forward to. Go ahead and get your brackets and stuff filled out. I'm, I'm probably going to rock with Duke with the media, and we're just going to see what happens there. And also, LeBron's show, The Shop, had dropped Friday night. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, but I heard there was Antonio Brown, Anthony Davis, and those guys were on it. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, that's it for this week on Matt's Sport House. Got to get used to saying that. I'm just really getting started with this podcast stuff. Uh, any comments, questions, concerns, the topics for next episode, hit me up. Matt, the chosen one. Yep. M-A-T-T-T-H-E-C-H-O-S-E-N, the number one. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that fine stuff. All right, good people. I'll talk to you next time. Having some problems here.